Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. You know, in an effort to always keep things current on this podcast, I want to emphasize again that based upon the Bible, we are entering the last seconds of the last minute of the last hours of the last days. And the soon (laughs) return of Christ is very close. And along with that, the opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior is even closer. Amen. One person who always keeps his stethoscope on the end times is our good friend, Dr. Richard Ruling. He's a frequent guest on our program because his scriptural and spiritual insight They're opening the eyes of people all around the world to the special day in which we live. Amen. From the COVID virus to eating healthy instead of taking toxic medications, from signs of the times to warnings from the Bible, Dr. Ruling has proven himself over and over to be an expert that we can turn to for a wealth of information. I always look forward to Dr. Richard Ruling's appearances as his knowledge on a variety of topics always speaks directly to the things we see happening all around us. So help me welcome back to the program. Dr. Richard Ruling. Dr. Ruling, it's always a blessing to talk to you, brother. Well, it's very mutual, Robert. I love you as a brother. Uh, I never had a brother, but you are as close as anyone I can think of. And uh, even though the distance separates us, uh, we're on the same wavelength in, in yeah. between our ears. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Amen. Go ahead, whatever well, you want to say. Before we get into today's topic, I was wondering if you could give us a quick synopsis of basically how we've arrived at a point of judgment for the United States of America? Well, I think it's because basically uh, America has made some really bad choices uh, going back uh, decade after decade. Uh, Roe v. Wade uh, was throwing babies in the trash when Egypt of old, and that's my model, uh, threw them in the river, okay? Mm -hmm. And just like Egypt enslaved Israel, we've enslaved most people in substances like alcohol, tobacco, drugs, even medical care is a form of bondage. Uh, When you have to go back every month and get a prescription and uh, have all kinds of tests, this, that, that's bondage. When we could eat well and live well uh, with all that. I'm not against uh, care like you've had when you had your knee surgery. Uh, If I got hit by a truck, I'd like to go to an emergency room and get sewed up or x-rayed. But uh, chronic, uh, take this, take this for your blood pressure, your diabetes, your heart, your cholesterol. If we eat well, we don't need those kind of things, basically. And so uh, that's where I'm coming from as a retired physician. Amen. Amen. And and you believe that the judgment that we're talking about is going to happen in 2023. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 16, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Can you give us two or three reasons why you believe that what we're talking about is going to happen very soon? Yes. I already mentioned uh, the fact that um, uh, we we can see um, shadows of things to come. Sometimes people think we're seeing the four horses of Revelation. Well, they're, we're at least hearing the hoofbeats, okay? Amen. Uh, yeah. I'll go that War, far. famine, yeah. pestilence. 
but uh, it's preceded by an earthquake that initiates the thing. And we haven't seen the earthquake yet, which I believe will be this coming year. And uh, the reason for some of this is, uh, first of all, you asked timelines. Um, I did mention uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, when God executed judgment on Egypt, he took, uh, uh, it was a jubilee event. He took them to freedom of the slaves and uh, a promise of land. That's what happened in Jubilee in Leviticus 25, verse 10. But uh, uh, Jubilee later came every 50 years, and 50 years from Roe v. Wade is next year. Okay, that's yeah. one timeline. Yep. Significant, yep. can't uh, um, argue out of it. And uh, we also see uh, in 2015 a series of when-then signs like um, uh, the sun shall be darkened, moon turned to blood before the day of the Lord, and the word for before is panim. It means face or facing the end time day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is associated with an earthquake. Uh, in uh, uh, Joel 3.16, the day of the Lord comes and the Lord will roar. Heavens and earth will shake. Okay, that's a big earthquake. We also see it in Isaiah 2, day of the Lord. And in verse 19, God will shake terribly the earth. I mean, this is not something that, oh, I what was that? Did I feel it or not? Uh, yeah, everybody's right. going to know, I think, on the day of the Lord, but it's especially here in America because we have sinned against great light in doing a lot of stupid stuff uh, culturally, uh, bad lifestyles, uh, and, and a, a warning that Christ gave. Uh, well, first of all, I mentioned sun darkened, moon turned to blood before. The word for before is panim, means face or facing the day of the Lord. So those events were facing uh, an end time that's not just uh, decades away from us. And the point is that um, Christ also gave a warning that uh, said, woe to them with child, woe to them to give suck. Well, it takes several years to get pregnant, have a baby, nurse it, wean it, and so on. Uh, I believe it's a seven-year warning like Joseph gave to Egypt. Uh, in seven years, a child is no longer under mother's feet. He, she's, uh, the, the child is off to school. So, uh, but uh, And the end time, I think, has to start after a sabbatical year, okay? Uh, because it's a week of years, seven years. In the Bible, uh, it's, uh, well, I, I can explain it a little further. That is that in Genesis, we see a chiastic structure or mirror image. Paradise in Genesis, paradise in Revelation. Uh, man crawled into sin, and he crawls out of the other side of the chasm uh, in, in Revelation, so to speak. Christ created for six years, days, six days, and ceased on the seventh. He will mediate for six years and cease on the seventh year. Uh, the 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 seventh day later became the Sabbath, and in, in the fourth commandment says, "Remember the Sabbath day." Six days God made heaven and earth. Rested the seventh. It was the Sabbath. Well, there's a sabbatical year, and I believe Christ will cease mediation on the sabbatical year so the plagues can fall. If Christ was still interceding and saying, spare him, spare him, God would honor his son. But there's a time when he that's righteous, let him be righteous still, and uh, the plagues are going to fall on people that have been impenitent and just scorned God. Yep. So I, I think that uh, that for that to happen on a sabbatical year, just like uh, the seventh day was the Sabbath, uh, I think it has to come after a sabbatical year, and this year is a sabbatical year, okay? Uh, Amen. A, a year ago, I had an uh, email from Jewish people in Israel. They wanted a donation to plant fruit trees. They said, we can't plant next year, 22, because it's a sabbatical year. Mm -hmm. So, And I've seen other timelines agree with this, 
So uh, basically, uh, I'm I'm looking for end times to start. If they don't start next year, 23, I think it has to start seven years later after another sabbatical year. But that would make uh, Christ's warning not so significant. Woe to them with child, because we've had lots of time then to have babies and 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 get them grown. So I think it's important to be ready. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll worry about it later if it doesn't happen. But I, I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, let's understand it better. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Amen. I, I know, you know, I'm my entire career, military, law enforcement, all that has been you prepare for the worst and then whatever else happens is better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so if, if you are prepared for the worst situation we're talking about, which is, you know, the seven years, uh, I mean, everything is whatever can go wrong, will go wrong, put it like that. And it doesn't happen. Okay. You can breathe again, but you still got to prepare for the next one because it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to be executed, you know? So what, what we're talking about though, is everything is lining up. You know, I call it the convergence of signs, the convergence where, you know, we've had earthquakes in our history. We've had hurricanes, we've had wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and floods and droughts and all, but they're all happening at the same time on a magnitude that we haven't seen before. And that's, eye-opening, if you want to yes, that yes. term, you know, and, and it's been said that a picture is worth a thousand words. Give us a word picture as we go into today's topic, which is the wedding parables of what you're talking about. Well, mentioned a little bit earlier on Egypt. Egypt did bad stuff. And in a crisis, you know, uh, God delivered them to freedom and took them to a covenant and he later said, uh, he said, if you keep my covenant, you'll be a kingdom. But he also later said, uh, return to me, I'm married to you. He was regarding the covenant as a marriage relationship. And so the, Egypt is the model. Paul twice said, I would not have you ignorant how that our fathers passed through the sea. All those things happened for examples written for us at the end of the world in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 and 11. Okay, But he also says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, in response to the disciples who wanted to know from Christ, they said, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? When they were they, they were walking up the hill the last time, he was about to go up. And they said, uh, are you going to restore the kingdom to us? And he says, not for you to know the times and seasons. And if he had told them, well, it'll be about 2,000 years, they'd have gone back to fishing. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's human nature. But uh, every, we need a sense of urgency. But Paul takes the same phrase, times and seasons, and says, we know them. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, of the times and seasons you have no need that I write, for you know perfectly the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night when they're saying peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. That's about Egypt. The day of the Lord is an extension of night of the Lord in Egypt. In Egypt, uh, God referred to the Passover night when death fell on the Egyptians as night of the Lord in Exodus 12, verse 42. Only reference to night of the Lord is once in the Bible, 25 yeah. times to day of the Lord. And I think it's going to be 25 times bigger, not just oh, Egypt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, secondly, he said um, that it comes as a thief of the night. Nobody saw God when he took their slaves. OK, <laughs> he mm -hmm. was invisible at night. OK. Right. And nobody's going to see Christ. But Christ said, if you don't watch, I'll come on you as a thief in Revelation 3, 3. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And the idea is that uh, watching is protective. In Matthew 24, verse 43, the good man, if he'd have known, would have watched, not suffered his house to be broken by the thief. Yeah. Well, yeah. if Christ comes a thief, that earthquake is going to break some houses, okay? And I believe we need to watch to be protected, you know, and pray. The disciples failed him on that point. Remember, they had the last supper with the communion and so on. And he said, then watch with me and pray. But uh, in Matthew 26, verse 38 to 41, he asks them to pray, but he comes back and finds them sleeping. He says, could you not watch one hour? You know, yeah. uh, and so I. But I, I'm not any better than they are. Uh, I tend to go to sleep if I try to pray, but I've discovered how to do it. Uh, and that is, um, I, we had a uh, bus driver when I was in college that could drive all the way from Washington, D.C. to Florida without uh, sleeping by eating one peanut at a time. Mm. Eating is stimulating to the senses. And if we, uh, and, and I'm not talking, and the first Passover, they ate the Passover lamb and left nothing till morning, eating the lamb, okay, which symbolized Christ. We can do that spiritually by reading the closing chapters of his life and praying between chapters that we would be like him, that we would appreciate him. Thank you for doing what you did for us, taking my beating, okay? Uh, it, it was it broke his heart, actually. He died of a broken heart on Calvary, uh, yeah. et cetera. So... Uh, uh, because the, the other thieves, they, they were fine. You know, they broke their legs so they couldn't run, but they didn't need to do that for Christ. He had, he had died of a broken heart for us. Yeah. Amen. So uh, Amen. that's how I think um, we can watch and pray on the eve of uh, Passover, which is a time of judgment, basically. Amen. Amen. I know in Matthew 22, you know, we see the story of, of, of the king setting up the wedding for his son, but None of those who received invitations wanted to come. They just made excuses. And you relate this to what you call the Exodus model. Explain that for us and how it relates to what we're talking about today, the end days. Well, actually, all of the wedding parables uh, fit the model one way or the other. There it was a wedding feast uh, in, in Exodus uh, 12. When they left Egypt, they ate unleavened bread for seven days. And, you know, recall that Christ said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning their doctrines or teachings. And I'm seeing that uh, uh, Elijah is supposed to come and restore all things. If our, we can make a covenant to marry the bridegroom Christ in a sense of betrothal, a, a prenuptial uh, feast, in my opinion, if we have unleavened bread that's not um, made light or easy. Preachers today just say, well, um, you don't need to worry about this or that. Don't worry about Passover, et cetera. Uh, just Jesus is all you need. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> how do we know we have him if we're not doing what he said or read what he says? Okay, yeah, uh, amen. we need to amen. understand. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We, we need to get uh, into that more, I think, uh, at, at some point. And so uh, th that's how I see uh, the wedding feast in Matthew 22 is uh, considering topics that uh, he wants that are interesting him. When God got his bride from Sinai, if you remember, they they worshipped a calf forty days later. Well, that's that must not happen to Christ. You know, uh, he's already paid a, a huge price, and so we we need to understand the topics that he would like uh, as a part of a prenuptial uh, covenant that we can make. I think. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And yeah, it's always interesting when you know. I, I talk about how would you feel if, you know, your your children that you love so much, I mean, you'd do anything for them. You'd 
die for them if need be. And they didn't want to have nothing to do with you except for one hour per week where they come in and you try and talk to them. They just yeah, yeah, I got to go, you know, hurry up because I got, I got friends I got to go see, you know, and that's how we treat God. You know, you're fortunate if you're if he's fortunate, if his children show up one hour a week, you know, let alone want to have a conversation with him. I mean, it, it's, you know, when you put it like that, it just shows you how far we as a human race and people have have just gone to hell in a handbasket, for lack of a better term. You know, I mean, it, it's just. It saddens me when I think about that, how God must feel when his own kids don't want to have nothing to do with them. I have an idea that I'd just like to suggest, and that is yeah. that in God's, uh, you, you know, it's nice that I can get a social security check once a month from the government, but God had a different plan for social security. And the idea is that you invest yourself in your children when they're young, and they take care of you when they get older. You know, it was. Yeah. The, the, the uh, firstborn got a double portion, and he had uh, extra resources to take care of his his folks, basically. Yep. And uh, it, it's sobering to little children to see old people in the home, and they can't do this or that. It, it is is better for them to see what life is really like, you know, and uh, learn to help yep. take care of. And it means a lot to an older person to be able to talk to a little young child and so on, and uh, say, uh, you know, this is a better way or something. And so uh, God has a plan, and but if we if we don't invest the time in the young, we 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 may not have their help when we need it too. Basically, oh, yeah, that's evident. And so God's yeah. plan is better as a total perspective. Amen, amen. Well, I always ask you about the wedding parables every time we get together because I I find yeah. your interpretation of these things so interesting and relevant. Let's move over a couple chapters in Matthew to chapter 25. I mean, this is about the parable of the 10 virgins. That's one of my favorites. And, and five took oil, five didn't. And how does this fit into what we're talking about with this Exodus model? And what does this, what does this parable contribute to the overall discussion of what's about to happen in 2023? Well, speaking of the Exodus model, uh, if we recall reading in the Bible, there was a mixed multitude. The fact is that God allowed some of the Egyptians who were really convinced that God was in this and they didn't want to be part of Egypt, which had done bad stuff, they left with the Egypt, uh, with Israelites, okay? And God isn't counting anybody out, really, except uh, I think Christians that don't want to pay attention or look closely now may... It's typical for people, human nature, to say, well, let's wait and see if there's going to be an earthquake next spring, okay? Well... If you wait till then, there's too much to get ready about. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. th these topics of unleavened bread, what are they, you know, uh, that, that God wants from me? You know, uh, if uh, wait and see is, is requires no faith. Um, and Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God wanting a faith relationship where we learn to love him, trust him, do what he says without being proven or whipped. Okay. And uh, I think that... Uh, now is a good time as any to start getting interested in reading and finding out what it's about, because there's, uh, I, I can promise you, um, it's not, uh, the foolish virgins just didn't get there in time, basically, uh, right. for the wedding, and they were shut out. And God isn't wanting to shut anybody out, but they just weren't uh, prepared. And uh, I, I think uh, we just uh, see the Egypt model does fit 
Uh, one more way, for example, I was taught a rule of first use uh, when I was mm -hmm. in, in Bible class in high yep. school. Yep. And yep. where a word or phrase is first found, it often has a meaning or context for end time because Christ is first and last, Alpha, Omega. And so you go to where uh, in that wedding parable, remember there was a cry at midnight, the bridegroom comes. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, if you follow this rule of first use, that midnight cry occurred in Egypt. Uh, uh, when death fell on the Egyptians, a great cry went up at midnight. And my point is that, that that's that's an information for us that it's going to be not just a, a gentle Jesus knocking at our door. It's going to be a life and death issues like in the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel and his friends faced life or death issues in times of judgment. The word Daniel means God is my judge. God delivered him. The judges in the Bible were deliverers, okay? Like Samson was a deliverer, Gideon was a deliverer, and so on. And God is going to deliver us if we really are tuned in and uh, claiming his promises and doing the best. But if we just wait and see, we're going to have our house broken, I think, et cetera. You know? Yeah, amen. And, and with those 10 virgins, the scripture also says they all were asleep. They yes. weren't staying awake at midnight. They, you know, like... It could be tonight. We better stay awake just to make sure. Now, they were all asleep. I once uh, told my uh, uh, dean that I was working under, you know, there are two sides to every coin. And you think of wise and foolish. And he said, no, uh, there are uh, to the coin. There are two sides and an edge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I applied that to this wedding parable. I want to be part of the voice that wakes them up. The bridegroom mm -hmm. comes rather than wise or foolish that are asleep. <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah. And so I, have, I think yeah. we can. Amen. But I think amen. in the first wedding parable, Matthew 22, they send uh, the, the king's servants send an invitation to invite people. And we can do that. We can all be part of the voice. There's mm -hmm. going to be a wedding. Come to the feast. Study it out. Understand it, et cetera. Amen. I like, I had not seen, see, revelation right there, folks, right there. <laughs> be, be the edge of the coin. <laughs> Amen. I love it. And you notice the edge is very, is a very narrow path that you got to walk. Amen. And it goes through the slot at the, on That's the edge. Right. You, you, uh, right. If you don't have the edge, you might not get in. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and you know, if we move over to, to Luke chapter 12, that reference, especially in verse 36, Jesus tells to be like wise servants who are waiting for their Lord to return from a wedding, right? Not to go to a wedding, but the Lord to return from a wedding. Explain that for us in light of what we've been discussing. Good question. And I've wrestled with that myself, but I believe in Daniel 7th chapter, the kingdom is given to Christ in heaven, and he, he gets it from the Father. And he, he so then when he, he says, you're in your hands, son, go to it. Uh, then those events will happen. So in that sense, it is, it's, uh, it's authorized by the Father as the wedding. And, uh, but it's our response as to whether we're in it or not, if you follow that understanding. And uh, I, I see that it says that we, when he comes and knocks, we must open immediately. The rule of first use, again, applies to that. Uh, in the King James Bible, I like it. Uh, there's The word immediately is not found in the Old Testament. It's found in Matthew 4, verse 17, I believe, where Christ calls James and John to be his disciples. They immediately leave the ship and their father and follow him. Okay. 
Well, that tells you that um, uh, close family ties that might interfere with your serving God at this point need to be second class in terms of uh, uh, doing uh, fully what Christ wants. There was a point at which uh, uh, Christ left his mother and, and began his ministry anointed by John the Baptist, etc. You know, and uh, but Christ wasn't callous to his mother. Even on the cross, he said, uh, John, be uh, behold your mother, you know, in other words, take care of my mother. It, it was Christ's responsibility to take care of his mother, but he was going to be gone. He said, behold your son, uh, you know, and so he was concerned, but uh, at the same time, we have to put Christ first and uh, leaving the ship means our livelihood, our jobs, maybe. Uh, we have to be willing to say, you know, uh, nothing is so important as this right now with Christ and, and, and whatever he wants from me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I preached on that before I got a, a, a series on that I called uh, the Samika of Jesus where, you know, and I go through his upbringing, you know, the schooling, you know, how the gold, myrrh and frankincense, you know, a couple million dollars worth of, I think God was providing for his education, his upbringing and all that. And, you know, so he was learning how to be a rabbi because what they call him rabbi, you know, and I'm not going to take time here to go through the whole thing, but when, the test to get into like kindergarten for rabbi school, you know, they had to have memorized the book of Leviticus and uh, <laughs> the, I, I couldn't get into kindergarten. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but, but they, that's what the test was. You know, now they missed a word here. There, that's okay. But I mean, if they just blew it, okay, well, you're not going to be a, you can't be a rabbi. I mean, that's, that was the whole calling. You know, like today, you know, you hear, my son, the doctor, you know, for the Jewish people. So back then was my son, the rabbi, you know, that was the goal. They wanted him to be a rabbi. And, you know, when they washed out, you know, and the, 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 I go through the teaching and all the different levels of the schooling. Last one is, you know, where they've completed all the school of Talmud and all that. And now the only thing left is to be accepted by a rabbi as a disciple. And they got different callings. Yours is medical field. Mine was management and stuff like that. Well, you got different aspects of being a rabbi as well that they teach, you know. And, you know, so they would kind of flock over to that little area where, you know, they would go in and the rabbi would interview them. And all they're waiting, longing to hear was that, come, follow me. And now they're there for the next 18 years, and then they can become a rabbi, right? Well, what did Jesus tell all of his disciples we call? Come follow me. So these guys had washed it out, you know, he might've been brought up, you know, playing in the yard and all that stuff with all these guys. And now here a rabbi, cause he's already been baptized. He's in rabbinical clothes. They're calling him rabbi, right? He goes up Matthew and all that. Come follow me. That's all they ever wanted to hear their whole life, but couldn't. And now here's this rabbi that says, come follow me. And uh, well, I preach on that. I talk about it. Poor John, you know, or Zebedee, he lost his entire crew with no notice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're like, see you, Dad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, amen, amen. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent there, but when you said that, that just sparked that memory about how I, I did not study on that before. Praise the Lord. But when you also shared before about the letter to the Laodicean church that John was commanded to write in Revelation chapter 3. You said this letter is also a wedding message, right? Can you explain how this should be interpreted that way? 
Well, it goes back to the Luke tw- uh, 12th wedding parable. Actually, there are seven parallels to Luke's message where both get a knock, both are to open, both get a meal. And in Luke 12, 44, ruler over all that he has is the same idea as sit with me on my throne in Revelation 3, 21. Um, they, uh, both are end time. Uh, the Laodicean is the last church. And uh, Luke 12, 43 says, blessed is that servant whom his Lord finds so doing when he comes. So when he comes, end time, last church. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I find that rich insight uh, into the knock by the fact that anciently, the Laodicean lukewarm church in Asia, in 63 AD, it ended in an earthquake. Oh, okay. And, and so okay. It, it helps explain. If the Bible is its own expositor, that uh, that ending for Laodicea shows what I believe uh, our in America, Western Christianity is lukewarm with materialism. Well, our preachers are so concerned about money and so on, uh, you know, et cetera. Uh, we should want and need money for uh, extending the gospel and doing what we need. But beyond uh, that, uh, to have some jet or some, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what, Christ, Christ walked, except he wrote, on the triumphal entry, he rode on a donkey. But mm-hmm. uh, where do we get all this need for money, you know, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. So Amen. anyway, 10,000 square foot mansion and it's just you and your wife, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this does not make sense. I agree. Amen. Yeah. I did not realize that that church had ended in an earthquake. Wow. Okay. See folks, that's why we have experts come on here. Dr. Ruling is, is just revelation knowledge. Praise the Lord, which takes me to my next question, but go over with our listeners at the end of the book of revelation. Chapter 22, verse 17, actually closes the Bible discussing a wedding. Share with us that one more time, wrapping up all that we discussed today. Well, good. It was my privilege in college to uh, take a course on Revelation. Uh, It was an upper division course that usually just theology students got. But uh, I recall a discussion one day of a word in that text. Uh, and uh, is a a Greek word, kai, is spelled K-A-I, and the the word uh, is as a conjunction means that is to say. So when you read the spirit, that is to say the bride says come, uh, we should understand that the bride uh, uh, is the Holy Spirit that we have appreciated in ministry, and really it's about, in, in my opinion, not just Christ going to save us with Mary as a co-redemptrix, as the Catholic Church says, so you pray to Mary. Uh, really, it's the Holy Spirit in our heart making groanings in Romans 8, verse 26. Uh, uh, and the point is that we've had this discussion before about her, uh, and we see her also at the first of Revelation. In Revelation 1, verse 13, one like the Son of Man Gird about the paps with a golden girdle, okay? Now, the Greek word for paps is mastos, and it means female breasts. So we are made in God's image, male and female, which means they are male and female in heaven, okay? And that Christ had a sister in Song of Solomon. He said, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. That's Song of Solomon, page chapter 5, verse 2. Amen. And uh, she was the spirit that descended on him. She took the form of a spirit, just like he took the form of a man to communicate. 
so she could be everywhere and she could she can be in our hearts you know uh helping us uh warning us uh striving with us when we might do want to do the wrong thing mm -hmm. if christ had not yielded to the holy spirit in everything uh he might have had an affair with uh, mary magdalene or something you know and he would have died on the cross forever but uh the point is he surrendered uh to the holy spirit and we must do so too in the end time and live well and we can attend their wedding the spirit and the wedding as christ and his sister loved each other it says in uh proverbs uh 8 verse 30 uh they were brought up together she was brought up with him daily his delight rejoicing always before him those are words uh about her she's personified as wisdom there in that, yeah. in that chapter mm -hmm. but uh i see uh uh she descended as the dove the holy spirit and uh by the way in, in the sacrificial so services for the you know like a lamb represented christ mm -hmm. if you were really poor and you didn't have a lamb you could bring a pair of turtle doves and mm -hmm. the the head was wrung off of one uh dove and and uh the the blood the other dove was dipped in the blood and set free well, that was like the Holy Spirit. She had blood on her from, how would you feel if the one you love so much um, had to be crucified in front of you and you couldn't stop him? You know what I'm yeah. saying? She had the power to do that, but it was for our our salvation uh, that he needed to die for our sins, basically. Yeah. So uh, the plan of salvation is complex. I've only opened a little bit here, but this is, in my opinion, the greatest story never told. It's yeah. about uh, both of them and worthy of our worship. And ultimately, to, we want to be at the wedding to see it happen. Amen. Amen. And, and we talked about the greatest story never told uh, in a couple interviews back. And uh, folks, this is a great book. You need to go back and listen to those interviews and get this book. And, and Dr. Ruling, this has been so great. And, and I want to make sure we let everyone know about your book, you know, The Greatest Story Never Told, but also your Megaquake 2023, which is what we focused on today, some of the things taken there. And you're you're preparing to release The Greatest Story Never Told. Uh, how is all that going? Well, actually, The Greatest Story Never Told is this past week uh, uh, been released. Amen. And it, believe it or not, in two categories, uh, it, it ranked number two on uh, Kindle. Uh, on a, on, during a promotional. And in other words, Man. if you were to go there today, it wouldn't look number two, but it was yeah. uh, when it was being promoted by people on yeah. Fiverr and so on. Hallelujah. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Get the word out. That's all. Yeah. It's what it's all about. Hallelujah. And more next time. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you've given us a lot to think about and study about. Praise God. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to to ask a question, maybe you'd even do an interview such as this. How can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Uh, email is easiest. And my name, Ruling, R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7, the number seven, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com is easiest probably. That's my primary email. And uh, I'm happy to answer questions uh, to the point on uh, if they got the book, maybe they want to discuss or share something or whatever. Uh, they can do that. And if it if it's going to be lengthy, why I'll give them their my phone number. We can talk briefly. Amen. Amen. And I'll put all this information down in the show notes below, as well as links to the books. Praise God. Folks, there is absolutely no doubt that the day and time in which we live right now, time's running out. You know, the only question is when. 
And although we may not be able to give a definitive answer, we definitely know it is close. Amen. And I urge you to get in touch with Dr. Ruling. I mean, he's releasing this great book as well as his previous books on these topics as well. I urge you to get in touch with him right now today. Just drop down on the show notes, click the links right there, order his books. Praise God. I mean, he's just a wealth of information that when you put these pieces together that he does, he lays it out in such a way that you can only have one conclusion. Jesus is coming soon. Praise God. Begin to educate yourself, educate your loved ones about what is going on in the world right now and how it all relates to the Bible and prophetic times. Dr. Ruling, thank you again for taking the time to come on the program today, and I look forward to our next discussion. My privilege and joy, brother. Thank you so much for your ministry, and God bless you. Let's let's pray for Robert. Big Amen. responsibility. Bye-bye. Amen. Let's, let's pray us out right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that someone somewhere received this message with the intent in which it was delivered today. That if they had any doubts about their salvation, Lord, that they would turn to you right now and just receive you as their Savior. And Father, we thank you that you loved us enough that you gave Jesus for us. Lord, you loved us enough that you died for us, trusting that God the Father would honor your sacrifice in our behalf and raise you back up from the dead. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom and understanding in all these things. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us in Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Folks, that is all the time we got for today. Man, time goes. Doc, I got to get this clock fixed because it says it's running too fast, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Dr. Richard Ruling, myself, this passed by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.